A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we've got an awesome story of a prayer malicious compliance. But first, only authorized personnel. Background. I work for a kind of ISP doing in-house testing of systems to design new solutions for customers. This sometimes requires an active internet connection, which had to be activated by our airtime department, as it could be quite expensive in theory. Only the accounting part is done by the airtime department. The actual activations is something we can do ourselves, but are not allowed to do so without airtime consent. Previously, I'd merely asked our local airtime team to activate a system for the duration of the test and then deactivate again once the test was completed. And this is where our story begins. A change from upper management meant that our local airtime department got cancelled and all of its functions were moved back to HQ in another country. This worked okay for a short time, until someone in management brought in a new boss for the company's airtime department. Meet Power Boss. A new boss with little insight on how operations work, but with extremely anal desire to make sure every little rule is followed to the letter. Doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. I quickly started to get a massive dislike towards this boss. We have all sorts of little conflicts. Example 1. I file a request to have a system activated within the current week as we have a major, one of the biggest companies in the world, customer coming by to see the systems late in the following week. It takes time for the databases to fill up once the system is activated, so it's important that this is done in good time to allow for this. I hear nothing during the week, but assume all is okay, until Monday morning where I found out the system is not activated, for data to fill up. Only airtime can do this portion of the activation. I call the airtime department and ask what's going on, why it hasn't been activated. Power Boss decided to take the activation out of the standard queue to show it to the team for an internal training on how to do activations. I am, of course, furious at this point. Why have they not called me or informed me about this as this is a major problem? I insist they do this now. Power Boss informs me that this is his decision and he's okay with this. At this time, I kind of lose it and inform him politely but firmly that he has one job and that is to ensure that systems get activated and he best do that job. If not, I will have to take it to his superiors in order for the system to be activated ASAP so it can be ready for the presentation with the potential customer. The system gets activated during that day, but the following day I learned from one of the upper management bosses that Power Boss had reached out to HR and threatened to file a personal harassment case against me. HR denied this though as they saw no reason for it. I'm like, what the freak? A harassment case over asking someone to do their job? Cue example 2 in the malicious compliance. I need an urgent activation of a system, and for this we, with the new system, have to file activation reports with all details. Quite tedious for something purely internal and temporary. Nonetheless, I do this and send it over. It gets rejected by Power Boss because all of it hasn't been signed off by one of the VPs, who are the only one authorized to activate a system for a customer with a write-off in the thousands of US dollars. Though it's kind of a theoretical thing as the internal cost is virtually nothing. I try to argue that it's quite a lot of work to chase down a VP for a signature when it's a very limited time and purely internal. 
Power Boss denies this and says very firmly, Only people on the list in the bottom of the activation form are allowed to approve this. Your name is not on the list, so you cannot approve. Talk to a VP. Hmph. It takes time, but I chase down a VP in another country and get him to sign the document and get the system activated. A couple of weeks later, Power Boss is in our new call center in Asia, out to do a demonstration on how the systems work and what it looks like in real life. Turns out that Power Boss needs a system activated and calls in and requests this. By some stroke of absolute luck, I pick up the phone. They say, hello, I need system so-and-so activated. I say, do you have a signed activation form? They say, I don't need one. I'm telling you to activate the system. I said, according to yourself, all activations must have an activation form. They say, fine, I'm sending it in now. I say, I don't see any signature on this form. It needs to be approved by a VP. They say, but I'm the head of airtime. This is me writing these forms. I decide who can approve and who cannot. I say, your name is not listed on the form as one of the people who are allowed to approve. Power Boss, who at this time is yelling at me, says, Clearly that's a mistake on the form. Just activate. I say, only authorized personnel can do this. Your name's not on the list. They said, fine, and hang up. My god, it felt good. Power Boss obviously complained to one of the VPs about this, but they merely shrugged and said that he himself had made the rules and the documents, that I was merely following the rules that he himself had set. Hilarious. You gotta love when somebody who makes up and enforces some stupid rules gets frustrated when they themselves have to abide by those rules. They were really out here trying to pull a rules for thee moment. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is milking it? Okay, we'll work during the week. Many years ago, I was doing some installation work at a customer's site. It was a multi-week job and included running fiber optic cabling, power lines, and installing various terminals and nodes. The customer had negotiated a weekly payment plan based on progress. Due to the fact that the site was an operating business, we did everything we could to minimize the disruption. To that end, we worked Wednesday to Sunday and stayed away Monday and Tuesday. At the end of the first week, the finance department contacted the customer to process the first payment. The customer explained that they wouldn't pay and understood now why it costs so much when your staff aren't working during the week and only working at the weekend so they can get double pay. It was fairly common for Saturdays to pay time and a half and Sundays to pay double time, but only after you worked a full week. My manager didn't get a chance to explain that we were working our weekends to minimize the impact on her business because she never stopped ranting and raving. So we stopped working at weekends and instead went back to Monday to Friday, blocking doors so customers couldn't enter the store, turning off power so we could run and connect cables. It was amusing to hear the customer begging my manager to change the working hours because they were losing business. I remember laughing when he did the typical salesman approach of sucking through his teeth as he was saying, well... Of course, if we have to work at weekends, there would be an increase in costs. I imagine most times you know if you are paying too much, but if you're paying for somebody who does their job so well that you don't even like notice them, they're not there during regular business hours, you don't really have anything to complain about, I would imagine you probably don't want to rock that boat. Our next story is maternity wear. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. This happened several years ago. After onboarding a new job, I was told I could hire an assistant. The HR director, Kelly, handed me a stack of resumes, told me about a friend's daughter, and bumped Cat to the top of my interview list. Cat passed the tech test with high scores and interviewed well, so I hired her. Cat showed up to work on time, had a good attitude, performed well on assignments, and was generally a pleasant person all around. After probation, Kat was excited to tell me that her last raise was enough to get an apartment with her boyfriend. It was a couple of months after her raise that I started to notice Kelly spending an inordinate amount of time talking to Kat. The convo sounded personal and cordial, and Kelly was friends with Kat's mom, so I didn't think much about it, until one day Kelly barges in my office. Kelly says, did you know Kat moved into an apartment with her boyfriend? I said, I might have heard something about that. They said, well, Kat is pregnant and her mom is devastated and proceeds to fill me in on the details on Kat's personal life. Uncomfortably, I interrupt acting like I have a lot going on. I said, this really isn't any of my business. If there's something related to Kat's performance that we need to discuss, please fill me in. But as for me, Kat is doing a great job. A few months pass. Cat's baby bump is starting to show. Kelly is again in my office. They say Cat's not in compliance with the dress code. The last staff meeting, Kelly handed out a dress code policy with a collage of various women's shoes and dresses and suits, presumably cut from fashion magazines, to assist us in determining what was acceptable from what was not. I picked up the policy and the clip art sheets with a stare reminiscent of Jack Nicholson's I'm of a mind to make some Mookie Batman slash Joker scene. Is she wearing something in the not allowed clippings? As I began to spread the clip art around my desk, 
She isn't wearing maternity clothes. As Kelly points to the bullet about maternity clothes in the policy, I say, well, the policy clearly says maternity wear is allowed. Kat is clearly pregnant and she's wearing clothes. So she says, you know what I mean when I say maternity clothes? Clothes from a maternity store. I told Kelly that I would talk to Kat, which I did. Kat filled me in that there was some drama with her mom not liking her boyfriend, that Kelly is involved, etc, etc. I just told her to read the policy and be sure she complies. And no matter what, to trust me, I had her back. The next day, Kelly's in my office telling me that Kat is again not in compliance with the dress code. At this point, Kelly knows I'm getting frustrated. I say, okay, I'll talk to her again. This time, I want you present because I'm going to give her a formal warning and assign remedial training. I bring Kat into my office with Kelly present and formally read off my prepared statement, making it clear that it'll go into her permanent file. I say, Kat, you were given a verbal warning yesterday to comply with this dress code. Because it's not clear to me what is or is not a violation of this policy, you are to report to HR's office 10 minutes early every morning for the next two weeks for dress code inspection. Report to me if HR finds your dress unfit. If you are found to be in violation of this policy and are unable to correct your dress before the start of the workday, your employment will be terminated. By the time I'm finished, Kat is tearing up and Kelly staring at the floor speechless. I dismiss Kat. I hope this is the last time I hear about this, because if I do, I'll fire her. As Kelly, speechless, walks out of my office. I told Kat not to worry about any of this. We have them where we want them. So for a week, Kat reported to me that her clothes were fine per HR inspection. At the beginning of the second week, she was chuckling. Kelly told me that I looked very nice today. Attitudes began to change and everyone was smiling. I got called to the red carpet by Jim, the CEO. He tried to keep a straight face as he recited what he heard was going on and asked me to cut the remedial training short because it was embarrassing the HR staff. Straight faced, I said, well, Jim, if I stop the remedial training, I'd have to fire Kat. Company policy clearly states that failure to complete a formal remediation plan is immediate termination. It's very clear there's zero tolerance. They said, you can't fire a pregnant woman for what she wears. I'm asking, no, I'm telling you to stop. I said, stop following company policy. Laughing, he concedes. Okay, I'm rescinding that ridiculous dress code policy effective immediately. Somebody tell me why what Kelly was doing here isn't targeted harassment. Even if it's not something that they're directly doing, couldn't OP have gone to HR and say, you know, clearly Kelly is gunning it for Kat here? It just feels like what happened here was a bit too inappropriate. Our next story is, would you mind changing things up a bit in prayer? Not me, but my cousin did this over a decade ago, and I got a good chuckle from it remembering the story. We were all in residence slash hostel slash boarding during high school, and he became a prefect. I'm sure everyone knows some version of a generic, bless the food, bless the hands that prepared it, amen, prayer before meals, and we had the same one every single meal, every single day. One day, the resident's father approached my cousin and asked him if he would change the prayer a little, it's become too monotonous. My cousin, being a joker, took this as a challenge. 
He thanked the people that lay the foundation, the bricklayers, the electricians, the plumbers, the teachers, the cooks. I think he went as far as thanking the people that invented the method of photocopying and binding books. My cousin took a four-second generic prayer and stretched it out over seven minutes. He got a standing ovation from all of the teenage boys present. All the meals after that got the same generic prayer with no complaints ever again. For some reason, this makes me think of those stories where a kid gets taught like thanking people or praying for people when they go to sleep. And you hear a story of how like one kid when they're laying in bed will literally try to list every single person they possibly can. You have some like proud parent saying that, oh, their kid prayed for watching over literally everybody and watch over the ice cream man and watch over my teacher, Mrs. Susan. To be fair, it is kind of cute, but I feel like I would get sick and tired of it really quickly. That said, our final story of the day is we miss Dave. A couple years ago, I was working temp services as a PC tech and got assigned to a company for what was supposed to be a couple of days, but got extended to a couple of months. The first day that I walked in, I noticed that one of the empty desks had a huge pile of broken laptops behind the chair. Every couple of days, one of my fellow techs would walk past and put another broken laptop on top. I finally asked one of them why they were doing that. That's when I was told that the desk belonged to Dave one of the shift supervisors. He'd put a rule in place that nobody was allowed to recycle a broken laptop other than himself. We could recycle parts, but not the whole thing. Apparently, he'd gotten in trouble in the past because one of the techs accidentally recycled the computer that was supposed to be held onto, and he decided that only he could recycle them. Well, Dave got seriously sick and was out on medical leave for several months. And since he was the only one authorized to recycle the computers, the other techs just piled the broken systems up behind his desk. After the first pile got to about six feet tall, they started a second pile and so on. Well, as his leave extended from one month to several months, the guy started leaving post-it notes on the pile. First, it was little snarky stuff like, We raise a temple to our Lord Dave. All hail Dave, the great recycler. If Dave can't recycle these, no one can. Then it turned to stuff like, I miss Dave. We all miss Dave. I hope Dave comes back soon. The piles eventually became a shrine to Dave. So, Dave finally comes back and sees the three huge piles of broken laptops. And at first, he's pissed. Then, as he's going through them, he starts seeing the notes and alternates between laughing and sniffling. I know it took him three days to clear them all out, but I don't know what happened after that because my contract was over. I love this story. I put myself in Dave's shoes. It would be equal parts absolutely frustrating and quite possibly the most heartwarming thing that would have ever happened to me. I usually don't get too emotional. I probably wouldn't usually get worked up over stuff, but having been out like that, coming back and finding out that they cared enough to leave notes like that, I probably would tear up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.